This is Monday, January 31st. We're continuing our study in the book of Ecclesiastes. It is entitled, The Question. This week we're going to be looking at time. Time is one of the so-called vanities of the book of Ecclesiastes. This is a place where our teacher experiences emptiness and a lack of meaning. Now, how do you think about time? Just last week, I had the privilege of officiating at my son's wedding, and the thought struck me. While I was there, when my parents celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary, they got married in 1955, and in 2015, our entire family celebrated with them on a Caribbean cruise. In my thinking, I fast-forwarded time and realized that my son and his wife would reach their 60th wedding anniversary in 2082. <laughs> that seemed unimaginable. But this is the way time works. The passing of time seems strange, and yet we live in it our entire lives. It constantly surprises us. Of course, this makes us wonder if we were meant to experience time the way we do. If we have always known this way with time, why would we have such a quarrel with it? Here's our text from today, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. There is a season for everything, a time for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now likely these words sound familiar. They're the best known words of this entire book that we're studying. For example, Pete Seeger popularized these words in his song, Turn, 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 performed by the birds. Now, here's the thing. There's been a big debate about the meaning of our teacher at this point. Does he share this wor these words with joy or sadness? Do the cycles of time give him hope or, or a cause for resignation? Here's what I mean. To look at time like an endless series of cycles makes life seem to make no progress. The sun goes up, it goes down, and then it comes up again. The tide goes out, then returns, then once again the tide goes out as before. Where is the hope in that? What could possibly be gained in all this? This is more like more than a two-steps-forward-one-step-back approach. It's like two steps forward and two steps back. We return to the place where we were at the beginning. I remember reading a book by Jack Eckerd describing the way the Nazis would destroy the lives of men that lived in the camps. They would give them an overwhelming project of moving an immense pile of bricks from one side of the camp to another. The men at first thought the bricks were going to be used in a project of some kind, but that wasn't the idea at all. The next day the men would be forced to move those bricks all the way back across the camp and return them to the place where they had first taken them from. 
Each day was exhausting beyond description for them. The work had to be done hand by hand and, and brick by brick. And then, as before, the next day, the bricks had to be moved across the camp once again. This continued, and soon enough, the men broke down psychologically. They went insane. The futility of it all overtook them and exhausted their souls, and they, they simply couldn't bear it. Now, it feels like this is where our teacher has left us, with nothing but fruitlessness. Yes, here is where we would be, except for a sign of hope in this section of the text. Here it is. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He, that's God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Now, what would seem like an endless cycle of activities under the sun, God is doing something beautiful, actually setting things as he intends them to be. And this is the irony of life in our world. While to us so much seems futile and senseless, it's right here that God is working out his plan, fulfilling his purposes, and bringing his beauty in time. This is the thrust of these words in the New Testament. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. That's Galatians 4, 4-5. Yes, it was a year that seemed like every other year, during days difficult to distinguish from any other day, that God put his plan of redemption into action. No one could see it, even the people who had been told that day was coming. Yet, Jesus came just like that. But it was perfect time the fullness of time. We also hear the, the, these words in the life of Jesus. Jesus repeats, My time has not yet come. Yet in the midst of the rising and setting suns and rising and ebbing tides, there was a day, a day when God entered into time. He experienced one day after another as we do. The seasons and cycles, the tides and moons, he saw it all. Yet in him was life, and this is the way God works. This is often why life seems banal and meaningless, and, and yet at the same time, God is making everything beautiful in its time. This is his encouragement for us when we cannot see it. Actually, I think there's a balance in this. In seeing that one day follows another, even 60 years here and 60 years there, and yes, God is also working in time. And the passing of those days and hours, which may seem meaningless to us, Jesus coming and all that he has done, he has redeemed time for us, showing us there is meaning and purpose. Life is going somewhere. Life is going as the Lord has planned and intended. We can rest in that this day, even though it seems like like much any other day. Let's pray. Lord, we'd be dishonest if we didn't say that days follow days, and sometimes we wonder at the purpose of it all. Yet we know because of Jesus there's more to the story. You are at work in the world making everything beautiful in its time. 
We trust that you are stitching together the days of our world with purpose and that your purpose is to redeem. Remind us of this truth when we forget. We become weary with time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.